beautiful hymn. One thing we need to remember, it's not about you or I, it's about the Savior, amen? And uh, I'll tell you what, I sure enjoyed uh, having Brother Clayton here and having Brother Marshall and and the other preachers that were here almost seems kind of strange being in the pulpit again to preach, and uh, but it's only been a little bit. And uh, I want you to turn with me, if you would, to Matthew chapter 28, the last chapter of the book uh, of Matthew. And we're going to get there in a few minutes. Uh, the title for this morning's message, if you like such things, is The Next 20 Years. Uh, we've uh, celebrated, and uh, I believe it was uh, Brother Marshall was uh, preached out of uh, the book of uh, Joshua. When they came through the Jordan River, they set the stones up to remember what the Lord uh, had done there in bringing them through the Jordan River. And uh, we, in essence, did that last week. We set some stones up, some things to remember and praise the Lord about and to be thankful for a church turned 20 years old, that's something to praise the Lord about. And uh, But the question is, where do we go from here? Amen? I'll tell you, 20 years, uh, time to cash in on the pension and retire. Amen? Not in God's work. By the way, I checked the tires. They're in good shape. Uh, no need to replace the tires on the van. So we're going to just keep rolling for the Lord. Amen. But as I looked over our history, and we've talked about that, and I don't want to spend much time this morning, but uh, the first 10 years of our church's history was one thing in mind, survival. I can't tell you how many pastors I visited, one in particular, just literally sat me down and said, why should I help you go to New York City? I have supported 25 men that have gone there. Not a one of them are here today. Now, this was 22, 23 years ago. And I, I just said, preacher, I, I can't give you any reason other than the fact that God called me and, and that we're going to go. And uh, he said, so were all of them. I said, I'm not here to answer for them. I said, but here's our goal. We, we you know, what is the next question? What's your plan? I said, well, uh, you know, I don't have a, a big long-term plan. I'm not a strategic thinker. That's just not who I am. I don't want to be one of those guys that, well, we've got this down to a science. Because there's no such thing as science when you're talking about the human soul. Amen? He said, okay, I'll support you. And he did. But we purchased the building in the first 10 years. And our goal was to pay off the debts that we owed to the synagogue and later to the insurance company who financed us. And our every letter I wrote, we wrote prayer letters for over 10 years to supporting churches. Eight of those years we were here. 
And every letter ended with the sentence, except for one. Please pray that God will establish a church in Astoria, Queens. You know what the last letter said? God's answered your prayers. There is a self-supporting church in Astoria, Queens. And we praise the Lord for that. Now, the second ten years wasn't quite so exciting. It was a roof, a basement, kitchen three times. I think we finally got it where it's going to work. The baptistry, the walls in the auditorium. We still got some more to do. And somebody said, why are we spending so much time doing this? Well, how many of you remember what the basement was like before Brother Shaw helped us do the basement? Some of the old timers do. I remember Brother Monette saying, I'm praising God we're getting rid of the dungeon. That's what he called it. And that's what it looked like. But where would Brother Saravia be today if we hadn't put the partitions up? Where would the children's church and, and, uh, and we, we, we saw uh, God bless us with Brother Lucas trying to help start a Russian work. And of course, that didn't work out the way we thought it would, but it worked out the way God wanted it to. And uh, we prayed and worked with Brother Shaw for over seven years. And the Portuguese language services just never really took deep root and and got to a point to where it would be self-sustaining. And by the way, Brother Shaw is going to be preaching for us tonight. And uh, I already told... uh, Asked the men, uh, I kind of told them, I said, uh, I don't know if we have the money in our missions budget or not. I'm not even going to check, but uh, I'm going to recommend church take on the shawls and start supporting them as of tonight. We'll find it somewhere if we have to take it out of the general fund. Uh, is that agreement there? Uh, I mean, we, we owe that to the shawls. Brother Shaw worked so tireless. Well, I can't say tirelessly. I watched him go home at night, uh, but uh, he he come in the next day, and and we we did a lot. And uh, I'll tell you, I want to be an encouragement to Brother Shaw. Uh, he kind of thinks that he failed, but he didn't. He did what God told him to do, and we need to be behind him. Amen. And uh, uh, we can encourage him in that way, but. What we did with the second 10 years is we're trying to try to establish a base here where we can launch out other churches. God gave us Brother Hiram Davis to work with. We praise the Lord for that. We paid back in missions giving all the money that was given to us. Now we've got to Start working on the next 10, 20 years. I, I was, as I was preparing this message, I got doing a little math. If God gives me my full three score and 10, I got 22 years left. The first 20 went awful fast. And the second 20 will probably go faster. Somebody said, it just seems like time speeds up as you get older. 
And, and I want to challenge you, time does not speed up. It's just the fact that you have more things to remember. You have more things that have happened and you say, how could all that happen in that short little period of time? And it gets more and more as you get older and older. And it seems that time is accelerating. It's just that your memory is slowing down. That's how it works. Amen? And uh, I'm still not old enough for senior, senior moments, but Miss Ann has granted me junior, senior moments, and I take advantage of those as often as I am allowed. Amen? But that's the last 20 years. You know what? We can't change a thing because it's in history. But we got the next 20 years. What are we going to do? Well, let's take a little review. We've passed out well over a million tracks in the last 20 years. On most of that, on 90% of that, 99% of that on the streets of Astoria. We've passed out uh, 10, you know, tracks in Jackson Heights and some of the adjacent neighborhoods, but our main effort's been right here. Anyone who would let us talk to them, we give them the gospel. Yesterday, we went out street preaching, 11 o'clock, and two uh, men stopped, one teenager, older teenager, Peter collared him, and then Brother Stephen Smith collared a, another fellow, a grown man, and I stepped in and kind of tried to help him, and I'll tell you what, they got the gospel. You know why? Because they're willing to listen. You don't have to be around this church very long. You're going to get the gospel. I don't want anyone that we've had contact with be able to stand in the presence of God and say, they didn't tell me how to get saved. We want to do that. That's why the gospel's printed on our tracks. That's why it's printed on the back of every church bulletin. That's why we talk uh, repeatedly every Sunday is a celebration of the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Why? Because that's how you get saved. He died to pay the price for my sins. He was buried according to the scriptures and he rose again the third day. According to the scriptures. That's how you get saved. Amen? You know what we like to do around here? If you'll show up at church... And you'll come a couple of Sundays, you get saved, what's going to happen next? We're going to start talking to you about getting wet, amen? I mean, baptism is important in a Baptist church. In fact, we even care who does the baptizing. Grandma Gertrude is not qualified. As religious and as righteous as she was, it's got to be baptism the Bible way. Amen? We'll talk about that more in a minute. But you know, another aspect of the history of our church is discipleship. We've done a lot of teaching. In fact, if you were just to attend regular services, you wouldn't have an excuse for not knowing what to do. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Thursday night. But we do have a discipleship ministry here at the church. Uh, I hate to use the word program because that's not what it is. Uh, but 
we, we work very diligently on that to make sure that you have what you need to know to obey the Word of God. Now, how many of you have recognized I just described our text for this morning? You see, that's what we do here. That's what we have done for 20 years. And guess what we're going to do by God's grace for the next 20 years? The same thing. Because there is no other thing for church to do. Now, what are the Yankees talking about right now? Other than wiping the tears off their eyes, I, don't, I feel no pity, no sorrow for the Yankees whatsoever. Because they beat the Orioles. Just teasing. But what are they talking about in the locker room in the head office? Let me tell you what they're saying. Back to basics. We got to learn to hit the ball better. We got to learn to catch the ball quicker. We got to learn to pitch the ball faster. We got to learn to run the bases. We got to do the things that make baseball work. Fancy, exotic moves don't win games. It's that simple catch the ball. Don't drop it on the ground. You can lose games when you do those things. And if they pay you $10 million a year, you have no excuse to drop a ball, ever. Are you with me on that? That is so dumb. They're going to pay you $10 million to catch a ball. Boink. Uh, uh, You know, it's just ridiculous. But you know what we're going to talk about this morning? Getting back to basics. Read with me verse 18. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power. Does that leave any power out? All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. And all God's people said, Listen, we need a renewed commitment to the Great Commission. Amen? Amen. It's not that we haven't been doing it. We have. But if we're going to go forward, this is where we need to be. And this morning, I'd like us just to go through this verse, these verses word for word. We're going to start in verse 19. The two first words there are go ye. Now, the whole idea here is it doesn't say go me or go thee. It says go ye. We need as a church an outward look. 
We need to look beyond the borders of our four walls into the world in which we live. I don't know if you've noticed or not, but it's changing out there. And it's not for the good. I would say dealing with the attitudes and and things of our day that the true church of Jesus Christ, where the preaching of this book goes on, is what we call being marginalized. How many of you have ever read a book? You got the margins here. I was on a plane years ago. This was... I think I was going to Heartland to preach a chapel service and we began talking and uh, uh, with the person next to me and they said, yeah, the, those crazy conservative Southern Baptists. And I thought, well, maybe I should explain to him that they're neither crazy nor conservative around here. They're liberal. Uh, we, we measure by a completely different scale. I mean, the Southern Baptists actually kind of start on what we would call the lunatic fringe of the independent Baptist movement. These are people that are would not be comfortable in a service like this. Let me tell you, just put it mildly. And yes, there are exceptions to that rule and Praise God, they still preach from the Bible in the Southern Baptist Convention. You just have to pick which one. But Jerry Falwell used to be just like this church. But no doctrine's been left uncompromised at Liberty University. It used to be if you were a student there, you had to attend chapel services and hear the preaching of the Word of God at least once a week. Now that they're accredited, they cannot make that requirement anymore. You do not have to give a testimony of salvation to be hired. They can't require it. Now, they work around it, let me tell you. But if you're an accredited college, you cannot have in your constitution and bylaws these things because it's called discrimination. Now, we're discriminatory here. If you're going to be a member of Open Door Bible Baptist Church, you've got to be saved the Bible way. You've got to be baptized the Bible way. You've got to want to live the Bible way. And if you don't want to live the Bible way, we're going to do everything we can help do to help you. But if you refuse the help, uh, how do we say this kindly? Uh, the door opens both ways. You have the privilege of leaving. We don't want anyone coming here because they have to. It is a privilege to serve the Lord Jesus Christ in His church. Amen? So you get up there and try to force me to be a member. Every... No, I don't try to force anybody. But see, if you're going to go ye, uh, there's got to be a unity of heart and purpose or it's go me. Go me isn't Bible. 
Go ye is the first two words here. You see, the unity of our church is based on the fact that we have a job to do. That's why in the church bulletin we've tried many, many things over the years. We have a lot of crazy work schedules. We understand that. I had someone say, well, what happens when somebody has to work on Sunday and they can't attend a Sunday service? I said, well, you know, we can't compromise Sunday worship. It was instituted by Jesus Christ in the Bible. We, we don't change that. In fact, the first church service was on Sunday night, Resurrection Sunday. That's why we ha- won't give up our evening service either. Uh, we want to follow the biblical command. But I did this last night just to make sure it works. How many of you have a smartphone versus a dumb phone? I'm not sure how that works. But if you have a smartphone or an iPhone, you go on to the church website. And there's a little link down there. And it will connect you to the app store. And it's called sermon.net. Now, I want to warn you, you can get almost any kind of sermon you want on there. But here's how you fix it. Under search, you type in ODBBC. And guess what's going to come up? Open Door Bible Baptist Church. Amen? And then there's a little subscribe button on the top. And you click on that button and you will have a direct connection to every sermon we have posted on our website. By the way, uh, Peter's in the children's church, so I can't connect everything, but... I believe we have almost every sermon since 2005 on the website. Uh, So let me challenge you. You couldn't run out of sermons if you tried. Uh, And so the simple truth of the matter is, You may not be able to work, I mean, be here on Sunday morning, but if you want to, you can go to the website. You can even get an app on your iPhone that all you have to do is click on it, and they'll, they'll be there. Now, when you see Pinecrest Assembly of God or, or uh, any of those other things that are on, don't click on those things. All right? But... And just because it says Baptist, don't click on it either. I was looking through and I thought I recognized one church on there. So I just clicked on on and and it took me to their website. And they have a church movie night. And had some movie on there that was bizarre. The heavy metal background, uh, background to the movie was... Standard fare for anything you would get out of Hollywood. It was just absolutely silly. So I want to warn you, you can connect with a bunch of stuff. But you're going to have to purposely, if you can't make it, you can get the sermons. 
Go to the website and you can have an app on your phone and you can listen. In fact, you can stroll down the list if you have 15 minutes to scroll down the list and pick whatever sermon you would like to hear. You see, we believe in church because that's what Jesus gave us. Nothing else. Amen? And he tells us the ye is plural. It's talking to the church. And we as a church are supposed to go out. You say, but I can't go out Saturday morning. It says in the church bulletin, for times during the week, please call the church. Now, we've had one or two people do that. Uh, We ought to have a lot more. Well, I can just go on my own. Well, that's not go ye. That is not go ye. It's not go me. We've got to fulfill the biblical requirement. Amen? And by the way, it doesn't do good for us to have ten different groups of people pass out tracks in the Steinway train station in the same week. All you do is make people mad at you. We need to spread it around a little bit so we can effectively make the whole neighborhood mad. Amen? I mean, that's what the goal is. If they're going to get upset, have a good reason to do so. Amen? Because it is not our work that we are doing. We are to do Christ's work. Amen? We are to go ye therefore. What is the therefore? Jesus said, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Now, how many of you have ever just looked around and said, it just feels like we're losing the battle. Evil's getting more evil. It just seems like we're not getting the job done. Anybody ever felt that way? I mean, honestly? Sometimes we ought to look around and see that things aren't all rosy colored. But you know, someone took a verse out of Proverbs probably about 35, 40 years ago. He that wins souls is wise. And they coined a term, soul winners. Now, I believe you ought to win souls. But if Christ doesn't do the work, you're not going to. I remember a lady here used to attend our church. She came and said, I want you to save my son. Now, I knew what she meant. I said, I can't do that. Well, Pastor, you know what I mean. Well, yes, I do. But we need to use right terminology. Amen. Uh, I can talk to your son about trusting Jesus as his Savior. Yeah, that's what I meant. Well, that's fine. I know that's what you meant. But we need to be careful because other people might misunderstand. 
Each individual must make their own decision. I'm sure every one of us in here would have a list of people. If we could get saved for them, we'd be down here in a moment. Wouldn't even wait till the end of the service to get saved for those people. But it doesn't work that way. It says, go ye therefore and teach all nations. Now, how many of you enjoyed school when you were in school? Okay, I saw two hands go. Three, three hands. I saw a lot of this. Uh, Teaching is tough stuff. But how many of you remember how much you had to learn before you got saved? How much did you have to learn before you were willing to put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ and give your life to Him and really truly understand what the Bible means about being born again? I've heard preachers say, well, I I talked to them on the elevator and they got saved between the fifth and the sixth floors. Must not have been a New York elevator, I'll tell you that. Maybe they're just, maybe they talk faster than I do. I preach kind of slow on purpose because we have a lot of people here whose English is not their first language. And and I want to be careful that everybody understands what I'm saying. But I I don't think I could get through John 3.16 between the floors on an elevator, let alone have him understand their need of a Savior and be convicted of their sin and trust Jesus Christ as their Savior. Sometimes we trivialize salvation that way. It is so simple. But it's also a new birth. It's a work that only Jesus does. That's why we go therefore and we teach. It is the Holy Spirit of God that seals the transaction. That gives you the actual power to become the Son of God. Even to them that believe on His name. How many of you are saved today? Could you just say amen? It's because somebody taught you who you are, who Jesus is, and what he'll do to save you if you'll trust in him. Amen? Amen. By the way, it says teach all nations. Uh, Can you take the gospel to the wrong address? No. Could you witness to the wrong person? No. But you can witness in the power of the flesh and not the power of the spirit. You can. Have you ever met anybody? They've just watched too many Old West movies. We're going to go win some souls. I mean, old Matt Dillon. Give me a break. It only works in the movies, kid. God doesn't need... I met a guy one time, a preacher. He said, my job's scaring Catholics. 
said, you've got to be kidding me. I thought Jesus said we're supposed to teach him the gospel. Amen. You see, the Bible says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations. What's that next word? Baptizing them. I don't know how my father-in-law says it, but if you ever meet anybody, I think it's baptize or something like that. He's got a funny way of pronouncing it. The Bible, it, it just says baptizing them. Do you know what baptism is? It's very simply the only thing you can do that Jesus did. How many remember that silly little campaign? WWJD. What would Jesus do? They have little books and little wrists and all kinds of... I got a coffee mug that says WWJHUD. What would Jesus have you do? There's a little difference between the two. You can't do what Jesus did. When Jesus met the blind man, he left seeing, amen? When Jesus met the man that was lame, he left walking. When Jesus was crucified, he rose again from the dead. You can't do what Jesus did. I love that song they sang this morning. He could have called 10,000 angels. Told Peter... Put up your sword. Do you think I need you? Give me a break. It's in the Greek. Give it. Jesus saying, I could call 10,000. No, he, could, he said I could call, what was it? 10,000 legions of angels, I believe. Now that's one angel. 185,000 soldiers one night. We, we need to understand something. If you want to do what Jesus did, find a Baptist preacher and get baptized. That's what Jesus did now, didn't he? He found John the Baptist and he got baptized. You see... We believe in the local church. How do you become a member of the church? Read Acts chapter 2. They that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. So, oh, let me not forget. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. Uh, you want to get baptized... You've got to receive the word. You've got to get saved. And you've got to be willing to follow and serve the Lord in a local church. Followed in the disciples. Then you need to get baptized. If you're not scripturally baptized, you can't be a member of the Open Door Bible Baptist Church. And let me tell you something. We want you to be a member. But we want you to serve the Lord with us. And we've had many people over the years saying, well, I just don't believe that. I, I believe that 
I can be baptized anywhere I want, and that doesn't matter. And uh, the authority is in the Word of God. Jesus commissioned His church. So it's got to be a church that believes and practices the Bible. That's the biblical commands for biblical baptism. I remember discussing this with a fellow who was baptized actually in a Seventh-day Adventist church. And uh, he was mad. Why won't you accept my baptism? I said, well, do you believe what the Seventh-day Adventist church believes? He says, of course not. I said, well, then why do you want their baptism? Because I'm baptized. And uh, I don't want to give away his identity, but he was a... Uh, 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 a corrections officer and one of his duties was to swear in the new officers after they completed their training. And I I called his name and I said, uh, let's just suppose that uh, I was able to get your uniforms and tie you up in a closet, which was hilarious. He's about three times my size. And I said, I made myself up and I memorized all your speeches and I was able to go in there on the day that they were sworn in and nobody had any questions that I wasn't you. They all thought I pulled it off completely. I said, and I used your words. I made everybody believe that I was you. I'm wearing your uniforms. I said, would they be officers? He said, no. I said, why not? Because you're not me. I have the authority. You don't. And I said, that's why your baptism doesn't count. Then he really got mad. It's scary to have something that big mad at you. But the simple truth is, Jesus said, go ye therefore and teach all nations baptizing them in the name of the Son, in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost. I even had a guy argue with me about that. He said, you got to say Jesus' name. I said, I just quote the Bible. I said, that's not good enough. You go find some other pastor to baptize you. Because we don't argue about those things here. If quoting the scripture is not good enough for you, uh, nothing else will be. Amen? We want to do what the Bible says. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. But we got one more effort here, teaching them to observe all things. Whatsoever I have commanded you. Now, does anybody got all things down? Uh Uh-uh. None of us do. You want to know why I go to preacher's meetings? Uh, Because I need to be reminded about all things.
the job of the church. It says, teaching them to observe all things. Now, teaching is a process. The education never stops at Open Door Bible Baptist Church. Because none of us know everything we need to know. But the problem with teaching today is the definition of teaching is the impartation of knowledge. Now, I want to tell you that that is a false definition of the word teaching. It is not enough just to give knowledge to people of a subject. How many of you have ever learned to change a tire on your automobile? You can have all the knowledge in the world. But until you go do it a few times. Say, I never have done it. I hope you don't have to. Amen. I've changed tires that are this high. And you had to have a jack to take them on and off of the vehicle. And if you dropped one of those tires... Really, bad things could happen. I mean, actually, they used to have tires that you had to change inside a steel cage because they could blow up and cut you in half. Very dangerous thing. Praise God, they don't make those things anymore. But let me tell you something. When... True teaching happens. This next word comes into play. Teaching them to observe. Now today the world's full of observers. The United Nations sends peace observers. Do you know what they observe? When is the last time a United Nations peace observer ever observed peace? You ever thought about that? They don't go over there to look at peace. They go over there to look at war. Why don't we call them war observers? Actually, we ought to call them war instigators. They do a lot more of that than anything else. Isn't that true? Uh, I get a little sick of the United Nations peacekeepers. Uh, Wow. I just hope I never become a victim of one. The, The simple truth of the matter is the word observe means to do. How many of you have ever been taught to do something and you did it halfway uh, ill-heartedly and just slopped through it because you had to get it done to get past the test? How many of you got your driver's license that way? No, don't raise your hands. You know, we got people that drive that way, don't we? They don't observe anything. How many of you remember that little... Curvy stretch on the Grand Central Parkway when you get on it right there at uh, 33rd Street. Man, I was coming through there one early morning, and here is somebody in one of them big Chrysler 300s straight through all the curves. Just sitting there. I mean, I'm honking my horn. I'm, 
I don't care if you put your life on the line. Just don't put mine on the line. Amen? They don't observe anything. The whole idea of observing something is not looking at it. It is accomplishing it in a real and sincere, could I say heartfelt way? Do you think that would be applicable to this passage? I believe it would be. We're not supposed to serve the Lord because preacher's going to come and get me. That, that doesn't help anybody serve the Lord. You've got to choose to observe. And by the way, in choosing to observe, you cannot choose what you will observe. I didn't get an amen. If you're going to observe, you're going to observe all things whatsoever I, Jesus, commanded you. Okay, let's try that again. Okay. If you are going to be taught to observe all things, then your life is going to reflect what is in this book. Amen. Amen. And if it doesn't, may I say this mildly, it's not the teacher's fault. It's not the teacher's fault. But every one of us mess up. Every one of us fail to observe. And here's what we need to do. We need to come back and get more instruction. Amen? Because it's teaching them to observe all things Whatsoever I have commanded you. Now, there's an awful lot in this book. And it will take us until we get to heaven. And we'll still never have it all. But we're going to keep teaching. We're going to keep giving things to do. And then Jesus says, Lo, I am with you always, even unto the end, always, I'm sorry, even unto the end of the world. Amen. This is the therefore, verse 19. Go ye therefore, because Jesus sent us. It's not me by myself or you by yourself. It is ye as the church of the living God, the body of Christ, obeying the commands from the head. Amen. Teaching and teach all nations. You can't take the gospel to the wrong address. But you better make sure your heart's right to teach. By the way, you don't need great Bible knowledge to tell somebody how to get saved. In fact, Peter put a thing in the in the, uh, bulletin today. We've got... He found uh, about a box and a half of our old tracks that had been printed a couple years ago. And, and we just need to clear out some inventory. 
And so uh, really we need to, uh, to get rid of those things, not because we need to get them off the shelf, because people need them. And by the way, uh, I, I don't know where the idea started with the Thanksgiving track, but you're going to enjoy the Thanksgiving track. It is funny. Was that your idea or Peter's? Okay, Mama helped. And uh, Peter wrote the track, and it is, I, I love it. Uh, you'll enjoy it. Are you missing a feather on your turkey? How many of you remember making those little paper Thanksgiving turkeys and you're supposed to write on the feathers things you're thankful for? And he says, you know, we forget to be thankful for God. I I think it's got a great message. We've got uh, a whole order coming in and we want to pass them out before Thanksgiving. All right? And we, I want, to, want you to keep us in prayer. We're going to work on a Christmas track this year as well. And uh, we found a printer that will print the tracks on the same quality that we have. We can, uh, for less than a nickel a track. Uh, and so we can do some short order things and we're going to in the future and get a variety of, of tracks to hand out. Why? Well, because it says, go ye. Amen? And teach all nations. I'll take as much time as it takes for you to understand the Bible doctrine of baptism. But how many of you have been baptized the Bible way here at our church? As I look out, I can remember a lot of you going through those waters. Amen? We're not changing. We're just going to keep going. But every one of us got an awful long way before we observed all things. Now, I'm committing to the next 20 years as God gives me life to continue teaching to observe all things whatsoever Jesus has commanded us. You say, okay, what's my job? Observe. Amen? It's just let the Word of God touch your heart and get busy. You say, well, I'm just really not convicted about that thing. It's not important to me. Well, if it's important enough for God to write in here, then you've got to just get your to-do list reprioritized. Amen? That's, that's the long and the short of it. If we're going to obey the Great Commission. Because we got a lot of work. Our church is going to have to go through some things if we're going to send these guys out that God has given us. I mean, it's going to take more effort than we have ever put forth in our history of our church to get Brother Newberger going in Greenpoint. That's coming. But do we owe any less effort to help Brother Franz and Miss Sonia when they go to the Bronx? Uh, just because Peter's my son, should we relax a little bit and not give him as much help as we give the other people when he goes out? Uh, no, we, we need to be consistent. And I've had two or three phone calls of some other people say, hey, hey I hear your, your church is a place to come and get trained to start churches in New York City. Uh, yeah, Brother Horton says, I don't talk to anybody. I tell them, talk to Pete first. 
And I'm sitting there going, Brother Horton, don't do it. No. That's what we're supposed to be doing. I'll tell you why God doesn't send us more. Because we can't handle it. How do we get to handle it? Um, observing all things. That's how we'll get to handle it. We want to see God raise up some young servants of Christ. How are they going to get raised up? By watching older people who are observing all things. They're watching you. They really are. Jesus said, it's better that a millstone were hanged about your neck than you should offend one of these little ones. We better think about that. Amen. One more verse of scripture in conclusion. We're to be done. Revelation. Revelation chapter 3. Verse 8. Jesus is speaking to the church at Philadelphia. Not Pennsylvania, by the way. I know thy works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it. For thou hast a little strength, and hast kept my word, and hast not denied my name. This is the verse from which our church is named. That's why it's printed on the front door there. We believe that Jesus established this church here and there are a multitude of miracles that we've reviewed over the last week or ten days to, to be reminded that it is Jesus that has done the work. Amen? He has set before us an open door. What do we have to do? Well, number one... Thou hast a little strength. Don't depend on you. Lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. And has kept my word. Observing all things, whatsoever I have commanded you. And has not denied my name. That's teaching people how to get saved. You get saved by believing on Jesus' name. How do you get baptized? Uh, in Jesus' name. That's why we won't compromise on those doctrines. Because we're not going to deny his name. He has set the door open for us. And no man can shut it. Now we got. Until he comes back. To get busy. Obeying his commission. To his church. And all God's people said. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning. And you heard the amen of God's people. Lord, if each one of us were to examine ourselves, we could come up with a list of things that need to be improved and, and need to be accomplished in our lives. Lord, we pray that we would submit our life to the inspection of the Holy Spirit of God. That when we go ye, we would have the majority 
the vast majority of those who call themselves members of this church. Lord, we didn't have time to talk about all the different ways we can go. But if we're not going at home, we're not going to be going anywhere else. We ask, Lord, that you would help us to be more faithful. Lord, we're thankful for your word. We're thankful that these past 20 years we've stood upon your word and have not compromised on baptism. But Lord, we ask that you would give us the ability to love and to teach and to be faithful till you come for us. Lord, I pray as the pastor of this church that you would give me grace and wisdom to teach and continually teach to observe all things whatsoever Jesus has commanded us. But Lord, all the teaching in the world won't do any bit of good if the heart refuses to observe. We ask that you would break our hearts as individuals over our failures to observe the things that you have commanded us. And the Lord, you would raise up a church that meets in this building that would truly be worthy of the title, the body of Christ. Lord, we want nothing for ourselves. We want to serve our Savior. We ask, Lord, that we would be able to bring glory to you in that day when the thoughts and intents of the hearts are examined at the judgment seat of Christ. We ask that we would do business with you this morning and solemnly recommit ourselves as a church to the obedience of the Great Commission. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Let's stand together.